Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Theater Podcast, intimate personal conversations with the industry's biggest names. I'm your host, Alan Seals, and our guest for this episode is Jesse Mueller, one of my favorite people I've ever had the pleasure of meeting and seeing perform on stage. Oh, my gosh. So as we all know, she got her Tony Award for her Broadway debut in Beautiful Carol King musical. And I just want to thank you, Jesse, if you're listening, for being as open and honest as you were about that whole process. People think from the outside, like, oh, I want to win a Tony. It's the best thing ever. And and then on the inside, there's so much that goes on of maintaining the stress and or maintaining the the level of performance eight times a week while going through the stress of all the press tours and all of the, you know, the, the junkets and everything you have to do as as part of this, I guess, role in life where you're kind of just thrust out into the spotlight. So, I mean, she handled it well going through this navigating imposter syndrome and trying to figure out after she won her Tony, even if she wanted to stay in the business or move back to Chicago, just an incredible conversation. So I can't wait to share it with you. Find me online on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. Check me out on Patreon. Uh, Leave a rating, leave a review wherever you're listening. That's what helps the podcast grow. And everybody now, please, I'm so excited to present this episode with you with Jesse Mueller. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Here you go. One, two, three... Today's guest won a Tony Award for the lead role of Carol King in the 2014 production of Beautiful and has three additional Tony Award nominations for her roles in Waitress, the 2018 revival of Carousel, and the 2012 production of On a Clear Day. She's a Grammy Award winner, Drama Desk Award winner, Theater World Award honoree, and made her feature film debut in Steven Spielberg's movie The Post, has appeared in numerous TV shows including Blue Bloods and Madam Secretary, and is even a series regular on the Netflix children's series Centaur World. 
I love saying that with a deep voice. She's now co-starring in a brand new concept album called My Heart Says Go alongside Javier Munoz. Jesse Mueller, welcome to the Theater Podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. Man, I love your uh, your audio so beautiful. As an audiophile, very nerdy. I love when someone shows up with a real mic. So with a real well, hey, when you get to use it, it's it's kind of fun. Well, do you do do you do uh, a lot of at home recording? Is that is that why you have this setup? Um, I do, and I I feel like the setup the setup came to our household during the pandemic. I think we felt like we needed to up our game because audio recording was kind of all we could do. And I was working on, I love how you said it, centaur. You were like, centaur world. Centaur world. Centaur world. World, 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 world. World, so world, we were, world, Yes. World. And, and at one point it was great, the folks, because uh, it's a Netflix production and they had sent me a mic. And so there was a lot of recording in closets. And then we sort of upgraded from that. And we thought, well, maybe maybe it's time to get the to get the real deal. So so yeah, we 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 upgraded. Now we just have to get the soundproofing so you're not hearing in the background. <laughs> well wherever you are now, it sounds it sounds pretty good. Okay, good. So, good, good. So but just put yourself we gosh, I've recorded with uh so many people, especially in 2020, 2021, where we had to get the audio so perfect um because we were doing mm. like scripted radio plays and stuff. Oh so, gosh, of course. So oh, like I've got screenshots of like Alex Brightman in the middle of a pillow fort. Because yep. you know we had him build a pillow fort around his computer, and Sarah. That's what you have to do. Sarah Styles under a under a giant comforter, and yeah, it's it it's been all over the place. It's been fun. Oh so. yes, I've done many a many of a voiceover audition under a, under a duvet, <laughs> sort of <laughs> suffocating, and then you're like, then you realize it's very dark. So are you reading it off your phone? Are you? Yeah, it's it's a. It's, so you, you turn into, get you creative, though. You turn into the Blair Witch Project a little bit, trying little to do bit. yourself yourself tapes. I get it. Yeah, sure, I get sure. It. Yeah, you do um, what you can. I want to do a quick shout out to one of my besties from Raleigh, North Carolina, Byron Jennings, who wanted me to tell you if uh, he he just said if you could pass on from him that your version, Jesse, your version of "I Will Always Love You" is one of his absolute favorites and is the perfect combination of Dolly and Whitney's versions. Wow, that's very sweet. So there you go. Byron, from... Byron wow, Jennings in Byron. Raleigh, North Carolina. Shout out wow. to Byron. Shout out to all my Raleigh peeps. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> well, I so think where... that was from that was from a um oh gosh, was that an event for no, it wasn't Rosie's kids. I'm trying to remember where that was. Yeah, that was a wild night. I was thanks, Byron. I was very intimidated by that. I said, Were you, you want me to say what? Yeah. Are you kidding me? Well, I mean, <laughs> I don't I don't know. Like Okay, so let's let's dig into this a little bit. I because one of the first times, my earliest episodes um, mm-hmm. with Patty Murin years ago when she was in Frozen, and yeah. she was like, "Yeah, I'm I'm a I'm a princess, or I'm a yeah Disney princess now. I'm on stage. I'm living my Broadway dreams, and I'm having freaking panic panic attacks on stage." Mm-hmm. And it was the first time that I had ever heard anyone at this level, at this caliber, right, being able to uh, or being comfortable enough to talk about the fact that it's stressful to maintain success. Right. Well, sure. So, because you come out your Broadway debut, which is on a clear day, you're getting a Tony Award nomination for your debut. That doesn't happen hardly at all. So, like, is that then a standard that you're placing upon yourself a, a, a status that you have to then take with you? If you're like, everyone's expecting so much, or you're just like, screw it, I'm just gonna be me. Like, <laughs> I feel like this is gonna go one way or the other. You know? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if at that point I was really all that. Um, I had the, I had the awareness of that. I do remember, I do remember that 
that time feeling very uh, sort of more unnerving than thrilling. I'll be I'll be honest, just because I I just felt so kind of out of my element, and the show had closed. Uh, at that point, it uh, we didn't end up running very long, but I had such a wonderful time. But no one else from the team was there. It was like I had sort of been singled out, and that felt very weird. And and I didn't feel like I had earned it yet. So I was huh. at these parties and meeting all these amazing people, and I was trying to take it in and 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 appreciate it. But I, I had a lot of imposter syndrome, I think, at that point. So that was a that was a very strange, strange time. Yeah. Well, well then, and I knew Patty from Syracuse, right? I mean, not well. Like she and I don't know each other well, but it's funny you mentioned Patty because, like, we went to the same school, and and that's interesting. And and I had sort of heard about some of her her struggles with that and her anxiety and how she had been so open about it. And um, I mean, I went to she was one of those people at Syracuse. She was I don't know a year, a couple years ahead of me, and I was like, whoa, Patty Murin, you know that voice, that mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. So, yep, we're all just real people. <laughs> well. It it's it's really it's amazing to like hear that hear that from people that I have that I have not known personally but then like even recently um uh have you been fortunate enough yet to see Marla Mandel in Titanic? No, off, I haven't yet. So Marla Marla's one of my probably my longest friend I've known in New York City since I've lived yeah. here over 15 16 years, right? And so to hear her like even personally we'll go out to dinner and she's like I don't know what I'm doing. I feel like it's all a mistake. I'm getting these, and I'm like, dude, you're getting awards out the ass, right? You're getting recognized for this, and you too, like Jesse, you too. You're you've got three three nominations and one win for Tonys, among many other shitloads of of awards that you've been nominated for, and now won. And you know, again, too, I'm just kind of, I guess, I'm making the parallels that that you're just people too. But at the end of the day, like, you're still creating so much success, and you're creating so much uh inspiration right but then at the end of the day marla for example is like yeah this is wrong i, I don't feel mm -hmm. right i have anxiety i feel like they're going to uncover that i'm a fraud again mm. it goes back to the imposter syndrome yeah right and where does that fear come from and and yeah what what maybe part of it is helpful to listen to or what right if any and and what parts are i don't know old voices old behaviors that were modeled that we thought we can't be this or we can't be that or we don't deserve this or don't deserve that and um yeah but well, i think so, also I, certainly for me as a performer I, I just i have i have periods too where i i just don't feel like like i i it's wonderful you mentioned inspiring people and that's that's a, a hope for me that i can be a part of something that inspires somebody or um makes somebody feel better or but there are moments too where where I feel like oh, I don't I don't have it in the tank. Like I need to go get inspired, you know. <laughs> so so yeah, I bet she's also just like really tired. <laughs> she doesn't have access to all of her like good self talk. That's like the first thing that that bails ship. You know what I mean? Oh when you're yeah. Just sort of like working, 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 working. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, well then, how did that how did that translate for you in so twenty twenty twelve? get the mm -hmm. get the nomination for on a clear day and then and then what was and beautiful was 2014 right so were you already working on beautiful when on a clear day was closing or did like that just kind of no. fall in line behind it no we we only ran clear day for 
a month, month and a half, something like yeah. that. And it closed. And and I had been living in, in Chicago actually prior to that. So um, I sort of moved to New York for that show, which was an incredible opportunity, but um, very overwhelming at the time. My whole life was in Chicago. My partner was in Chicago. And um, so I, I sublet an apartment and the show closed. And I was like, oh, uh -oh. what do I do? Yeah. Do I go back to my life? Do I do I stick around? And then the Tony, the Tony's nominations happened, and I, and it just, I was like, oh my god, I have to go buy a dress for this, and I have to show up to that, and I don't know, I don't know what I'm doing. So then I decided, I decided to to stick around because I felt like, um, like I couldn't just leave that opportunity behind. And but it it was it, I I I struggled, I, and I guess I worry that that sounds. Oh, poor, poor her. She was struggling after her Tony nomination or, <laughs> you know, all the privilege that she'd had in coming here. And I did. I did struggle. And um, I was struggling and I wasn't sure whether I should, whether, whether I should stay and like keep trying and keep auditioning. And, but I, but I did. And I had had a lot of amazing exposure from Clear Day, which was incredible. And, and I think I slowly, I slowly learned that. And I, and I appreciate that more now after the fact certain casting directors that i sort of got on their radar and so i was able to keep auditioning and i think the next thing i did um production of into the woods in uh in the park at the delacorte what made you decide to stay though i mean why not go back to chicago hmm. i think i felt like <laughs> well i think i felt i heard a lot of voices in my head were like well you have to stay. you should stay you should stay everybody wants this everybody but i think i also did feel like yeah, I had this expectation. Well, everyone, what would what would people think if you left or what? You were on Broadway and this is what so many people want. And I was very conflicted about what I wanted. But I think I did feel in my heart that I had made some momentum and something might be happening here. And if I didn't, if I didn't sort of let that play out and see where that might take me, I might regret it later on. Hmm. And um and my family was really supportive and my partner Andy was super supportive and he was, you know, he was like, yeah, you got to, if you want to, like, you can do whatever you want, but stick it out and see what happens. And um, yeah, and I started auditioning for other things and it was Jim Carnahan, the casting director that cast me in Clear Day. I believe Jim did Into the Woods as well. And then he did Edwin Drood, which was the next thing I did. I mean, he was like, he was my champion. So maybe Jim hmm. Carnahan was the reason I stayed because he kept, <laughs> he kept employing me and putting food on my table and getting me my health weeks. And he got you, did, what, did he cast you in Beautiful too? Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. Wow. 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 Well. And so yeah, then, I think I'm getting that all right. Yeah. <clears throat> so then becoming Carol King, like mm -hmm. the leading a show, originating a role for someone as iconic as that. Right. Is does was that just like, oh, I'm here and now I got it? Or like, oh crap, now I'm here. <laughs> Do no, it I was got a lot it? Of, no, it was a lot of the latter. It was I don't think uh fortunately I think it was so there once we got started, there was so much to do that there wasn't really that much time to think about the bigger picture or sort of watch it from the outside, which I'm really grateful for. Um, going into the project, I was very nervous. I remember seeing Alan, I actually remember seeing the like the posting on Playbill that said they're developing a new musical about the Carol King and her life and her music. And I remember seeing her picture with her beautiful curly hair and having this weird, like dual, these dual feelings of like, that's cool. I want to do that. And also, 
this could be really terrible. <laughs> like, like just thinking, looking at it, I mean, like, this seems so on Broadway. Like what I knew about Carol King and her music and just her vibe. I was like, a musical? Really? About her? I was like, how is it going to? I don't know. So then, so then cut to, I start, I, I go and I, I audition and I, I'm in that process. And then I, we find out that sort of like Carol King is involved, but she's sort of not involved. And she's sort of like, she wants it to happen, but it's, it's, it's hard for her to be a part of and engage in the material because it, it goes so deep into her life and it was so personal. And so I was very confused. I didn't know what was going on. And then, and then I was continuing to move forward and was offered the role. And I remember having a conversation with um, Carol King's manager, who is uh, Sherry Condor, who I believe is still managing Carol. It's one of her daughters. And I, and Sherry was so generous and had this conversation with me. I was like, I remember, I feel like I was in some, was I rehearsing for some like concerty thing or benefit with a friend? And I like went in some stairwell and took this call with Sherry and, and tried to say, okay, I just want to make sure that, that your mom is like, okay with this. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm so, con I'm sort of confused about, you know, I wouldn't want to like touch this with a 10 foot pole if she doesn't want this to happen. And Sherry was really, really cool with me. And she was like, no, 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 here, here's the deal. Like, it's just that it's, it's so, it's so personal. So she's not going to be like heavily involved in the day-to-day -day process or marketing the show or anything like that, but she is totally cool and she wants this to happen and she's excited. And, and I was like, okay. And then wow. like, and then we began, I don't know, but, um, but no, and I'd never done, you said it right off the bat, like I'd never done anything like that before. I'd never helmed a show in that, in that respect, in that regard with, with uh, literally like sort of that much material on my plate or on my shoulders, I guess. And also certainly never at that level. I mean, I'd done a couple Broadway shows at that point and I'd had the, the, um, gosh, the, the blessing of watching people like, like Harry Connick Jr. lead a show or Cheetah Rivera lead a company or, you know, I had these really amazing examples, but I still felt like I was always sort of juggling my, like my, my responsibilities in the show, you know, what I do, what I, what I have to do before I step on stage and how do I, how do I do my best with that? But also this other side of like, oh, right. Are people looking to me to like lead the company? I, I don't, I remember like ordering a lot of bagels. There were a lot of bagels involved. I think at some points I was just like, "Oh, I'll bring bagels. Th that'll be something." But yeah, it w it was it was a huge learning curve. Huge learning curve. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And I mean, that kind of just shot you out of a cannon. Mm -hmm. I I think. And then mm -hmm. did you at that point? Like obviously, or not, maybe not. Obviously, I was gonna say obviously you you thought you made the right decision to stay, but maybe not. We're gonna take a short break. Stay tuned for more of the episode. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now you wanna get mixed up in the family business? Introducing. The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. 
This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. So post beautiful, get mm-hmm. the Tony. Are you are you like I got to take a break? I got to go away? I or just this is while I'm in the limelight, while I've got the focus, I got to keep going and doing as much as I can. Like it, it, which which road, which side of that fork were you mm. pushing yourself down? Well, I think I certainly felt like the, the like this was a great time for opportunities. Like the that that the, 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 the um, I mean, I wasn't even really sure. Like, what does a Tony do? What it what is winning a Tony? What can, what can that do for you? What can that expose you to? What that so so I I definitely felt, and I guess I had only had the example of you know watching what it did for other people, or and then later on I think I went through the the crazy making thing of like well this person won a Tony and they did that and they went off to do a TV show where they're doing this and that sort of comparison to other people which is just sort of you know death by soul crush eating. Lie in a pit and it the never helps. Yeah, yeah. So, but um, uh, yeah. I, I definitely, I definitely felt like, and and also by the time beautiful, my time with beautiful was coming to a close. Um, I had gotten involved in the process of the musicalization of the film Waitress. Mm-hmm. By that point, so so I sort of knew that that was hopefully going to be the next project I was going to be involved in. We had done a workshop and and it looked like there was going to be an out of town run, but. Yeah, by the time my my time at Beautiful came to a close, um, I think I had done it like a, a year and a year and a few months, year and six months or something like that on Broadway, and then we'd done it out of town in San Francisco, and I was I was I was beat. I was That's really a lot of energy. I was really wiped. Well, and I'd never, like I said, I'd never I'd never done a role like that before, but I'd also never experienced doing a role. I guess I said this at that level, but I guess in that in that sense, I also mean I had no idea what that required as far as press and marketing and how much I needed to be involved in that. So how much sort of extra things were going to be on the schedule in addition to eight shows a week. So that was really wild, sort of getting my head around that and doing that for the first time without without i mean we had and i remember we had two incredible our incredible press reps who who really helped and and now run their own pr firm grapevine um molly and chelsea and they were those ladies they got they got me through that yeah you know them they Mm -hmm. they got me through it they're like okay here's what's going to be asked of you and here's we're going to need to go and will help you like find things to wear and i didn't i didn't know about that i didn't have a publicist i didn't have a stylist you know, I didn't even really have like hair and makeup people that I worked with. I was very new to all that. And I didn't, in my experience, no one comes up to you and it's like, well, here you go. Here's all the things you'll need. Here's all the tools you'll need to like do this job that is now being asked of you. I think I just sort of um, absorbed the information as I could. And as I learned it, it, yeah, in my experience, it was, I, 
I I was flailing a little bit in in those in those terms I didn't I didn't feel like I I knew what I was supposed to do but yeah Molly and Chelsea really were like angels in that respect that's that's interesting that I I don't know I just kind of had assumed that like when you're a Broadway show there's the checklist of you need to get a publicist you need to get uh you, so you get your personal publicist and then the show's publicist mm -hmm. which often need to talk and are in conflict with each other sure, and, sure, sure. and all the other things that you had mentioned and then also yeah there's asks all the time you want to be mm -hmm. interviewed you yeah, need to really do, are like literally you're promoting like it is it isn't it in the is it part of the contract that you're obligated to do a certain number of press appearances um it's usually it's usually not like by a number or something like that uh, dictated by a certain number or um but it's certainly it's certainly in your contract yeah you know that that's 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 there and kind of in black and white about this is part of your job and and the unions are getting better about getting on top of things with things like media fees and making sure things like that are included in your contract but it's always a conversation wow. and i think and i think um on an individual basis people artists work things out with what's comfortable for them and whether it's like i can't do any any press before 8 a.m. on a show day or I can't do press on a two show day or, you know, you I think you can you can start to request things like that. But I think I mean, certainly at the point I entered into that sort of madness, let's just call it that I I didn't know. I mean, I was asking my agents a lot of questions and um, trying to ask people around me who had been through it before. But, um, you know, and I think some people maybe going into it were are better informed than I was, but I just wasn't. It was all, it was all so new to me. Um, and it's, yeah, it's, it's, it changes, I'm sure for everybody and on individual basis is, bases and depending on who your producers are. But yeah, it's, it's not like you're a big movie and you've got like universal pictures behind you or something. And they're just going to be like, okay, here's your, here's your, your bucket of money to go like get this and that and that and we're gonna style you and we're gonna you know which also doesn't always happen for big films either it's um i don't know that's still sort of a mystery to me so if anyone wants to write in and show and, us where the buckets of money are tell us where the buckets of money are for um to make all this happen no it's yeah. funny it's funny because um yeah, I think that's something our industry is still trying to figure out, the theater industry, because also I think more and more is being expected of artists and especially with their own self-promotion and social media and all that. Um, it's, sometimes it feels like we're supposed to show up and look like uh, movie stars all the time or something. And it's like, that costs money, honey. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, like yeah. to be hair and to be it was HMU, right? Uh, hair, makeup. Sure, hair and makeup. Hair and makeup make up yeah. yeah so like those are all the stylist fees and and oh yeah it adds up it's insane. it adds like, up because yeah when you're doing like anything on camera uh, and then you have to have the stylist travel with the production and then like the the if you're doing anything in costume then the union the union costumer costumer has to travel with the costumes oh sure, 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 sure. yeah it's insane it's insane how much goes into the business of show business but oh yeah but oh, we yeah. digress um the business, it, the, sh the business of show. The show. The show. The show within the show. <laughs> which is the circus within the show of the business. Kind of, yeah. The it's funny that you're saying that like all this is was kind of new to you. I guess were you out of your family because you let's see, you grew up in Evanston, Illinois, right? If I, I read did, that very correctly. Good. Yep. Ding ding ding. 
and um, Illinois, and you are one of four all actors. Yeah, and my parents yeah. are actors too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I was going to ask, Chicago. Like, you don't put what? on hair and makeup for Chicago. <laughs> and also, I should say, as you're saying all this, I was kind of laughing because I was like, or you don't, or right? you're like, I don't care. Right. This right. is what I look like. I mean, well, you see me today. I know we're doing a podcast, but I'm like in a t-shirt with my hair and a top knot. But that's also, I mean, everybody gets to do it the way the way they want to do it. But but sometimes the pressures are very real of feeling that. But but certainly starting in Chicago, I didn't. It's it's changed now, I would say. Um, but they're just the the marketing the marketing machine is not is is very different there. It, yeah. it's, it's not built the same way. You're working with a lot of um, not a lot of individual producers on productions, but you're working with subscription-based theaters or nonprofit theaters. So it's just it's just a different animal. That's that's really interesting. And and then the the social media element adds to it as well because I mean mm -hmm. it, it still baffles me how some people. I mean, I guess you either embrace it or you don't. I I guess, but like I look at somebody like Christian Borel, right? Who mm -hmm. everybody knows, hilariously respected. And everyone wants to work with him. Dude hates social media and hates press. It's so rare to get him in front of anything. Yeah. Right? I kind of love that, though. Right. Like, but I'm it's... not on any social media either. And I, I think Christian Borrell's amazing. And I loved him in Some Like It Hot. It was funny. Mm -hmm. I was, when I was the last, when I was just in New York for a project, I was, um, I sort of stopped him on the street. I don't know Christian. I mean, I have met him. Maybe this is my public apology. Be like, Christian, I'm sorry. I stopped you on the street and was like, you were really good in your show. <laughs> and I think I walked up to him like in a mask. He was probably like, who is this crazy lady? I mean, he lives in New York City. He's he's used to it. But like, and I know his his partner Sky and stuff. But but still, so Christian, I'm sorry. But I was just inspired to tell him that I I really liked his play. <laughs> that little thing he did. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah it's great. Oh, I, some like it hot is one of my favorites from the season. I mean, this is a tough season, by the oh, way. Oh yeah, tough. And yeah. The, the way that Some Like It Hot was modernized and and Jay Harrison G, my God, like they were just born for that role. Oh, yeah. I just the joy, the joy that was emanating from the stage whilst whilst watching that. I mean, I'm such a I'm such a big movie musical fan. And like I loved all the variety shows from the 50s and 60s where everybody just like, come on, Frank, you come be on my show. Let's smoke cigarettes and and sing a song we've never rehearsed together. Like, I love that stuff. Just the pure the, oh, the, the, yeah, I, I just, I totally dug it. I totally it's very good night Oscar of you. Yeah. Say Have you what? seen that? It's very good night Oscar of you. Have you seen oh, it with Sean no, Hayes? I, haven't. I know I haven't seen it. Oh God. You want to talk about a, a wonderful performance, man. Oh, that I bet. I transforms, bet. transforms. Yeah. Like yeah. anyway, but I want to, I want to get over to, um, my heart says go. Oh no. Before I get to no. my heart says go, I brought yeah, up the family. I brought up the family because all acting family, um, and like your sister Abby of one of the original six queens on Broadway. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Just, oh God, so good. And uh, my kid's favorite cast album, by the way. Um, no offense to anyone in present company who has their own cast albums. No, I love it. Uh, uh, yeah. I love it that your two boys like love six. Yes. Six and Anne Juliet are their tops right now. That's yeah. boss. They like pop music. They do. Pop, they do pop, like pop, pop music. Pop music. So for all of you, because like, the parents are in acting, your whole family's in acting, but now you're the first one to like have to deal with 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 all of this. Like, was there no, um, I guess, um, family 
family guidance, family help along these lines? Are you like, all right, fam, this is this is what we're doing? Well, I guess at that point, uh, I think I was the first one to sort of have to jump into that that specific pool of like, oh, there's press and there's people touching my face and doing my makeup and yeah, I mean now they've everybody's dealt with that, but no, I we didn't really have a. It, that that was not a, a conversation around the kitchen table that we could have had because I don't think any of us would have had any helpful information. <laughs> yeah, they, they, I, are touching my face. I don't know, Jess. I, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know what it's like being in the same industry as a partner or uh, like a serious partner, but um, to be in it with your family seems like a horrible blessing and a curse all at the same time because you're not only competing with each other but you're your own best supporters at the same time well i i guess i would i guess i would sort of encapsulate it in to me one of the hardest things is that i it's a very as you know, it's a very strange and unstable business. So to have all the people like you love the most in the world and like my partner, Andy and I, we met when we were both acting. He's more on the other side of things now as a producer, writer. But um, uh, to have all the people you love most in the world also in this unstable business. So not only are you are you worrying about what am I going to do and how am I going to get my next paycheck? It's like all the people around you are going through that as well. So I find that I'm in, I'm in, I'm not trying to like toot my own horn. I'm just, I'm an empath. I am Swiss cheese. So <laughs> I, that, that is very difficult because I'm always just lovingly concerned that, that everyone is like doing okay and being taken care of and having what they need. I'd say that that's almost the hardest thing because, but it's also a blessing because we get it. So when we have to call each other and be like, ah, oh, my show's done and, like it was really fun, but I'm so tired. And but now it's like, now what do I do? And we can all say, oh yeah, I get that. You have to be kind to yourself. You have to be patient to yourself. You have to find your new routine. You yeah, this part always sucks. It's like the dip, the dip after the adrenaline rush and the crazy schedule. And so it's nice to have the people around you who understand that because I think that would be hard if I had to call my sister or my mom or my brother or whoever and be like and try to explain that phenomenon that I think artists just sort of inherently understand, mm -hmm. I think that would be that would be really tough. But I think we're also really fortunate because everybody's really talented. I think that would also be hard if it was like, oh, but poor Skippy, you know, he can't he can't sing a note, <laughs> but we gotta go to his 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 show and, and say we, we love him and um <laughs> I don't have a brother named Skippy, but that was just that was just an exercise. I, I appreciate the exercise. It, yeah, it has yeah. made your point clear. But poor Skippy. Don't name poor your kid Skippy, Skippy if you want Skippy. him to be successful yeah. in musical you know, theater. You know, he hasn't found his mystery yet. <laughs> We're going to take a short break. Stay tuned for more of the episode. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. 
Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, so uh, my heart says go. This song, this album, I love actually, by the way, side note, or maybe not side note, that I feel like this became a huge thing during and now post-COVID to record concept albums and release them, like fully finish them, master them, and release them before you even have like a book published or or have even started workshopping it like on on its feet. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I agree. And I was thinking about the other day because it even like... We're, we're just kind of in a new world, right? It's almost, you know, and I know Six was conceived, it was like their college program, right? Where the yeah. writers wrote it for, you know, but even even in in that circumstance, it is, it's kind of like, it's not that it's backwards or anything. I think we're all just trying to figure out ways to, ways to connect. And certainly the pandemic has, you know, changed things drastically because we couldn't gather, we couldn't get in rehearsal rooms, we couldn't get productions together, we couldn't even be together in the same space. So, um one of the one of the co-creators and um conceivers of the piece Matt Hawkins is a is a buddy I knew back from Chicago days when we were both living there and he now runs the musical theater department in Notre Dame one of his students Jorge Rivera Herans is the writer of this of this piece and and so Matt uh he was one of Matt's students and Matt realized, you know, how talented he was through classes and stuff. And then they got to talking and Jorge was like, I've got this project that I'm working on. I'm a writer. And so that's sort of how it all started. And and Matt came to me during the pandemic and it was like, okay, I've got this seriously talented person and we want to do some demos of this piece. And so he sent me some demos that Jorge had done. And I was like, whoa. Yeah. And I, I just like the songs stuck in my head. I, there was just something about it that like had this pulse to it. Um, I think like literally when you listen to the album, you'll hear it, but also emotionally, just the spirit of it, something was, something was going on here. It was like Lin-Manuel and Jonathan Larson and this young person with his perspective. And it was a new story and original story and original music. And so it really excited me. And, um, and then cut to making this a long story, but then cut to sort of like post pandemic, right? Well, I mean, we're in it now. We're, st- we're still figuring out where we are, whether it's post in during pandemic, the pandemic that goes on dot, dot, dot. But so Matt ended up, Matt Hawkins ended up getting a grant from Notre Dame University um, for his sort of new works festival. And he was trying to figure out the best way to use these funds. And I think with what you're talking about in his mind, he was like, okay, accessibility, accessibility, accessibility. Not everybody can buy a ticket to the theater. Not everybody can get to the theater. He was like, how do we get this story out? How do we get this material out to people so that they can access it? They can use it. They can put on the show if they want to, we can keep developing it. We can get people interested and engaged. And he was like, what if we do an album? What if I don't use this money to try to do another workshop or mount a production? What if we make an album and we do it in a really great and professional way? 
and um and that could be a way to get to get the material out there and so that's that's what they did and that sort of this my sort of probably bastardized version of how this came to be in the form that it's out there now it's just so good and when you said it's like you know this combination of lynn and jonathan larson and whatnot mm -hmm. it's interesting to me because that it just sort of clicked in my mind at that moment that i think maybe now Jorge and these other writers that are coming up now, like they're in college. So they're now of the age where maybe in, I don't know how long Hamilton's been out now, but like In the Heights is 10 years old. Hamilton is not quite mm -hmm. right. But you've got these shows that changed Broadway that, yeah. it, that did influence. We talked about we're influence almost, in the beginning. almost the 10 years at Hamilton because wasn't Hamilton 2014, I think? No, Hamilton 2016. The yeah, Hamiltonians. Yeah, yeah someone once put it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Hamiltonies. The Hamiltonies. Um, right, yeah, right, right. So, so now we're seeing now we're seeing the works of those who are being inspired from the from the next generation. I know. I right? know. Because it was very. They are the new moderns. They are becoming the new. Yeah, but it's also Be so exciting. I think that was the thing that I was so excited about when I heard um, the demos, which was like. Jorge singing, who's an incredible, also an incredible performer and singer. And like, I pretty much, I think like bleep lorping on his computer, just like creating these orchestrations and creating these beats and stuff. And it's actually um, the technical term. Yeah. Bleep I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, that's, that's the industry standard terminology, the bleep lorps. And <laughs> Tony like, Ward from Best Bleep what... Lorp goes to. I don't know bleep lorps goes to. Yeah. I was going to say something mean, like sadly, that would be the one that would get cut for television. <laughs> bring it back. Bring it back. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh, takes a village, people. Takes a village. If you can't hear us, then we don't have a show. That's right. Um, but uh, but yeah, I found it. Yeah, I just found it exciting. Yeah, and also wild and trippy, like you're saying about like, oh, he's like taking influences the way I would take the influences from the people I was listening to in college. You know, it's just yeah. I just love. World, I love how, how each character has their own specific style and yes and, yes and sound right? and delivery I, and yeah and that and it all fits together so well you're right i i i was trying to figure out a good comparison for uh for the non r&b rappy sort of uh songs like what i would call more traditional musical theater but still right. contemporary and yeah jonathan larson is is this perfect comparison it is very tick tick boomy uh yeah it is, yeah, yeah. It is very renty yeah i i completely yeah. agree and I love like the prologue. I was like, oh, okay, this is this is this is going down Hamilton vibes. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. And then mm -hmm. like the but then the the next tracks kick in, and I'm like, whoa, I did not expect that. This I, I listened to the entire thing without a break when I oh, when cool, I cool. to prep for this, and I love it. Absolutely love the music. And so like when you first heard it too, were you like, oh, this is great. I got to do this because it's just something different. Well, yes, something but new? I the wild thing, Alan, is that I. I pretty much only heard the tracks that I sing the character of um, one of the mothers in the show. And so I really only heard the songs that the mother was going to sing on. So I heard bits and pieces of, which I think it's like two tracks, Smile Away and Foot Down. So I think with the the second one I, I mentioned, Foot Down, I got a little more of a feeling of the, like stylistically what was going on in the rest of the show. But one of the thrills for me, like, like you just said, when I got to listen to the album from the top down, I was like, oh, oh, I had this whole other exp like mm -hmm. experience of of what what Jorge had really done. And so 
and I mean, you know, we mentioned Lynn and and Jonathan Larson, and but there there's just there's so many things, and and lyrically too, what he's doing. I mean, you can see the Sondheim, you can see the Rodgers and Hammerstein, the appreciation there, the Jason Robert Brown, with and there's even like. I mean, he's using operatic technique techniques with like leap motifs and melodies that are coming in and out and interweaving. One character creates a melody and another character takes it over. And then you have you have songs like Foot Down where you've got like it's like grand opera where or Sondheim where everybody everybody is bringing in their own melody and it's creating this like super melody. Uh huh. These these quartets and quintets. And it's it's really exceptional what what he's done. I, I know I love it and and I'm so glad I'm so glad that, that you agreed to come on here for for the opportunity to promote it come on the podcast because it just oh, sure. it needs as many earballs as it can get because we I, I want to help bring this as far as it can go it's just such an amazing an amazing story too because let's see uh, let me get the log line here yeah, my sure. heart says go follows the powerful story of a first generation college student indigo in hopes to become a singer songwriter he defies his father and drops out of med school he's accompanied by his new friend Clara who's also dealing with struggles at home yeah so it, it I think this speaks to so much of a need for um, for something new to to get diversity and representation in a way that that is just now starting to be where it needs to be. Um, side note, I think now is the first time in how long? 40 years we haven't had a Andrew Lloyd Webber show on Broadway no. or something? Yeah, I think you might be right. Right? So there's there's, there's just a, it's a changing of the guards. And I'm not saying that, that Sondheim and Webber and, and the Cameron Macintoshes of the world, like these, these shows created what we have now. And there are people who are always going to love them and prefer them over everything else. But to continue the arts, to continue Broadway, to continue to grow and evolve, you've got to inspire the next generation. And oh, yeah. that's now. And make time and space for these yeah. new voices. Yeah, And I absolutely. think that's what's, I mean, I guess music has always done this, but certainly I think musical theater, because it is the combination of music and word and visual, I like the art form is, the art form it's it's like built in to always keep changing it and breaking it and break it open again and mm -hmm. then go back and do something that has been done and make a rule and then break a rule and change the rules. I mean, that's just kind of what the art form does. So I'm so excited to see what new voices like Jorge are going to do and bring because of the influences they've had, but also the point of view that they have that that even somebody like like it's exciting to hear something from his experience, because it's not my experience in so many ways. It's not my experience culturally. Um, it's not my experience as far as my my privilege or my mindset. And that's exciting to me. That's exciting that that my experience and my understanding can be expanded by somebody else's. I mean, that's sort of what we're supposed to be doing, right, in the theater. So I find that really, really exciting. But you do that outside of the theater, too. I was actually like something that I wanted to bring up too because you're you're also involved in various types of activism and like you raise awareness and funds for like various causes that are you know LGBTQ plus rights anti-gun violence women's rights adoption and so you're still taking the privilege that you've got the platform that that people have put you on and are, and are still using that even outside of the theater like where does that kind of need come from well to me it feel it feels like a no-brainer you I mean, I've said this, I have been, I have been so fortunate. I have been so fortunate. I have been able to walk in rooms and 
seize opportunities that were in front of me, work really fucking hard, but seize opportunities that were in front of me and 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 be able to enjoy such rich blessings from it, from the people I've met, from the opportunities I've had. To me, and and there's a part of that that I have done. There's the hard work that I put in, but there's also a lot of grace in that to me. There's a lot of gift in that, the way I see it. So it's important to me to give back and do what I can so that maybe, I, I, I don't know, it just kind of seems like a no-brainer to me. I feel like that's what we're supposed to do here. We're supposed to help each other. We're supposed to help each other be better and be kinder and be more generous. Mm -hmm. And we can always be doing better. We can always be doing more. But I feel fortunate that I have that I have friends who get behind certain they get behind certain like activism vehicles and ask and ask me for my help. I don't feel like it's it's necessarily my strong suit to be like, oh, I wanna I wanna do this or I wanna help this cause. I'm not always the first person to be like, I'm gonna get up and do something. I, I know how to make things happen. I, I'm more of a person that that can respond to someone else taking that charge. So I'm grateful to people, to people like the, you know, the Broadway Cares community and people like Seth Rudesky and James Wesley who who do Concert for America and things like that. People who who take the charge and take the lead. I have a lot of respect for that. So I feel like if someone asks for my participation, it feels like a no-brainer. If if I can do anything to help, I want to help. Yeah, I mean, you just recently did an episode too with Anika Larson for the yeah for, for Broadway, Broadway Green Alliance, Broadway Green Alliance, Broadway Blog to Save the Planet. Yeah, yeah that yeah, was yeah. through that's through Broadway Podcast Network. Is <laughs> so I, I processed all I, your raw footage. Think, <laughs> yes, now I think of Anika every time I like buy something in plastic and I'm like, oh, curses. So Curse I'm, you but, but it's true. It's like those little things, those little things that we can do to do a little better, to make a little change. She's so good at being like, no, no, no. The little changes add up. They add up. They add up. They do matter. They do matter. The little changes, mm -hmm. the little kindnesses, they really do matter. Yeah. No, I, I think it's wonderful. And you put it you put it really well that that I think you and, and others have, uh, for better or for worse, um, been given a voice uh, that is louder than than a lot of other people have. And so when you use that in a way where you can't influence it, again, it goes back to it goes back to influence. If you're influencing someone who has never seen a Broadway show before or maybe is struggling between going uh, staying in New York or going back to Chicago, mm -hmm. or does somebody like, should I get a paper or a plastic bag? It all <laughs> it all matters. It all matters. I think so. And I would never pretend to be like, I have the answers or the way I'm doing it is a good way. But you know what I mean? The, the, the fact that you you have this platform and you get an email from somebody, a press agent saying like, hey, there's this new album coming out and you take the time to listen to it and you take the time to engage with it and say, yeah, this is worth this is worth my time and this is worth other people's time. Like people should go listen to my heart says go like this, this matters that, you know what I mean? You're, mm -hmm. you're doing your part too on shining a light and, and making those opportunities possible for people and the accessibility thing. I mean, that that's, that's huge. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And I, I, I forget about that because like living, living the day to day of like the, the, dreaded question what's next mm, mm. then yeah i forget about it because i'm like oh this 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 is an opportunity to, to talk about something cool i'm gonna listen to it oh crap i not only like it i love it and now mm -hmm. i have to talk about it yeah i mean i don't know it's just kind of going going with the opportunities as they lay themselves out in front of you you know 
I think so. Yeah, that dreaded what's next. I try to never ask people in the business that. I know, it's horrible. I just, I don't know why. It still just makes me cringe. And so your next question will be, so what can we expect from you next? <laughs> no, I hate that. I hate that shit. I'm like, what? I might mow the lawn again in a week. I, I don't know. I might have a, a, a snack. <laughs> I'm going to go wash my car. I think. Yeah. Um, my medicine? No. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. So we will wrap though with three closing questions. I do ask everybody the first one, just simply, what can we expect from you next? No, no, that's not it. That's Whoa, not it. Oh, um, that's the fourth question. That's no, the surprise question. That's the surprise question. Okay. First one, very oh, simply, good. just what what motivates you? What motivates me? Oh, it changes every day. <laughs> Man. Sometimes it's a cup of hot tea. Sometimes it's a smile from somebody. Sometimes it's something inspiring that I've seen someone do or a friend or a loved one giving me the encouragement that I feel like I can't muster up for myself. It really changes. And some days, I'm going to be honest, some days I do not feel motivated at all, especially to be creative. And I think, I, I think I'm, I'm getting a little better at giving myself some grace about that too. Like there are times when that's not going to happen. You can't just create, 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 create. You have to go get inspired. You have to let the, you have to, you know, the tank gets empty and sometimes you just need to sit and get bored and then get re-inspired. I love that. I think so. So I, I always take it back to, I guess my own way to recharge is just sometimes it's just forgetting about, like I love theater, I love mm -hmm. tech, but sometimes I can't get, like it's too much. And so yeah. I'm going to go away and just like, literally blow the heads off of aliens playing xbox yeah and sure that, and that completely recharges me because i'm doing something that doesn't require thinking or processing mm -hmm. it's a different kind of intelligence it is it's working your brain it's working your brain in a different way it truly yeah. is yeah, yeah yeah totally different anyway yeah. okay second question then what advice would you give to your younger self and younger people listening now starting out down a similar path well this is tough because i mean alan you and i we're so we're already so young <laughs> I think of my my younger self. I can't imagine myself being any younger. No, <laughs> something along the lines of like you're okay. It's okay. It's you're right where you're supposed to be. Be patient. Like don't don't be so hard on yourself. And and to me, it's one of the for me right now. Still, I think it's one of the hardest things is to like be in my own lane and not don't compare myself to other people. Like if it's, if it's track, if you're running track or something, which God, why am I using this analogy? I never ran track. I, you couldn't pay me to run, but the, the, the starting blocks are all at different spots. Like you never know where someone's starting block is or was mm. or w what they're going through. So it's like comparing yourself to other people is just sort of a, it's a useless exercise um, for the most part. So it would be something along those lines. Like Try to try to stay in your own lane and figure out your journey and um, and just like stay stay on that course. Fair. All right. Last question. If you can only see one show for the rest of your life, but you can see it as many times as you want, what would you see? What? <laughs> Don't you think that having to do that would be it would ruin whatever the show was? I think it would ruin it for me if I had to watch the same. Oh, man, I don't I. I uh, pass. <laughs> it doesn't okay. have to be, and, and you're asking like a theater show. I really don't know. I mean, like I could listen. I don't think I would ever get tired of listening to Into the Woods, but maybe if I had to see it over and over and over again, I don't like. I feel like it would lose. Miss. I guess it's theater though, so something would be. You wouldn't be watching the same 
day of the same production, right? It would always be a little different. Yeah, yeah. I still don't know how to answer this question. All right, you don't have to. All right, so you're not on social media anywhere. I'm not. Uh, you can find not... me nowhere. You can look me up uh, nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was like, I guess. Do I'll I exist? Do. I don't know. You do. You do, because I've met you once. Um, uh, okay, so yeah, listen to my heart says, go everywhere you find your music. You can find me online at thetheaterpodcast.com. Show your support. Throw a little uh, coffee money my way at thetheaterpodcast.com slash Patreon. I'm on Instagram, Twitter at theater underscore podcast, at Facebook at slash official theater podcast. I'm on TikTok. And, you know, leave a rating, leave a review wherever you are listening now. That helps people discover the podcast and helps it grow. Thank you to Jukebox the Ghost for the intro and outro music. And, my gosh, like... Jesse, thank you. This has been such a fun conversation. Oh, what a pleasure. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Take a deep breath, make the world a little colorful. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.